everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 89. It's now been 41 weeks, two days, since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And I wish you a great good morning, brave companions. It's a beautiful and a little bit of a windy day in Southern California. Today I'm trying something absolutely new and recording along the ocean in the coastal town of Ventura. I woke up early and since Mark is sleeping in, I decided to hop on my bike, explore the beach path solo for an hour or so. If the wind is too much or the waves are too much, then I may have to wait to finish this show from the podcast rock in my local park back home. I'm feeling especially lucky as the news reports that 50% of the U.S. is under snow at the moment. One of the perks of living in Southern California is the beautiful weather, if you like sunny days. Growing up in rainy Washington state, I love the lack of rain, even though we could use some as we are in a severe drought. So it just goes to show there are two sides to every story. Today's show is all about diversity. Surprisingly, even diversity in myself, but also in others, in situations, and in life. After we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll let you in on what I've been needing to let go of. Then we'll have two brief thank yous and announcements. Following that, Maria from a Spanish-speaking country whom we first met on day 79 goes on the bravery report. We'll hear opinions about my legalizing the chips from last episode, and I'll give you my chip legalizing update. Then brave companion Rachel, who's been working her way through the past episodes, gets some comments to her questions about procrastination and time change from Stephanie from Quebec and Sue from the UK. Then Rachel comments on day 71, the unasked for advice episode, and I'll give you some of my thoughts on that. Finally, I will share some supportive comments I've received on my latest blog post because the last couple of weeks have been really tough on me emotionally. I'll tell you a bit about the great musical Mark and I saw called Kinky Boots and why it impacted me so much. So Josh, it sounds like we have a lot to let go of. So as I sit here on the podcast rock by the crashing waves along the coast of Ventura, let's take a listen and then I'll share what I'm letting go of today. It's really a miracle and a privilege to be able to sit out here today next to the waves, watching the birds on the lake, seeing the people stroll by the bike path on this beautiful day here in California and to listen to you remind me that I need to let go of some things today. And what I need to let go of Brave Companions is in no way mystical, but I need to let go of my past lives. That's right, and I don't mean that I think I was Cleopatra or a slave in a retinue or a milkmaid in the mid-ages or anything like that. I mean the lives from my own personal past and the expectations that I have based on these past lives. For example, when I was a kid, I expected to be bullied because that's what I experienced, right? I experienced people bullying me because of my size. 
And that's part of what caused me to internalize this expectation that anybody and everybody who meets me, the first thing they think of is, oh my God, she's fat and therefore she's no good. Now, in my adult life, I found that not to be true, and it was maybe even true in my kid life, where maybe it was one out of 10 or one out of 20 kids who decided to look down on me and bully me and give me that experience. But then my expectation shaped my behavior, right? If you're expecting every kid you meet to bully you because you're a fat kid, well, you're not going to be the most outgoing, friendly, hi, how are you type of kid. Right? You're going to hang back and you're going to protect yourself emotionally and that means that you're going to have a self-perpetuating cycle. You expect not to make friends, so you're not going to make friends. Therefore, you say, I don't have any friends, so it's true. They don't like me because I'm fat. Not necessarily true. Okay. Then I've even got my fairly recent, I guess, if you call it 20-some years recent, but my past with Mark. Okay, Mark and I have liked bike riding for many, many years, and we've done some pretty strenuous bike races, and we've done bike riding, and even today we'll ride 15 miles and not think too much about it. But in the past, 15 miles was just, you know, a blink of the eye. It really was a nothing ride to us. And as we've gotten older, we've gotten more injured, and we have to be more careful. Mark and I need to really think about it and to take it easier on our bodies and on ourselves. And you know, coming up here for this nice getaway in Ventura was kind of tough because we've come up here a lot and we always have a good time and that's why we like to come. But we are different people today than we were even two years ago, let alone 10 years ago. And it struck me all at once. You know, it's kind of like if you don't really pay attention to yourself and then you finally see a photograph, you go, oh my God, I look just like my mother and or my father or whatever, <laughs> my grandmother because the minuscule changes in your face have taken place every single day and so you don't really notice it. And then all of a sudden you do. And you see the weight of your years reflected back to you in your mirror or in a photo. Well, yesterday on our ride, I saw the weight of the change of time on Mark and me. I saw how we were able to ride. I saw how fast we were able to go. I saw just the pace that we were having to approach our time here in Ventura, the amount of activities that was good for us to do without having to take a rest. Just, I really noticed how different we were than what we had been. And I have to be honest with you, that caused me to go away and to cry some big tears. I mean, I really felt a sadness well up because I realized that those days from the past are truly gone and they are never coming back. Now Mark and I still have some great adventures before us. We still have good times. We still have a lot of fun. We still like each other's company. But those days of the past are no more. And in some ways that's a sad thing to let go. It's a sad thing to think that we're not going to be, you know, racing as fast as we can for 50 miles and not even think about it. That will take us months and months and months of preparation, if any, to be able to do a 50 miler uphill ever again. It's hard to be here in Ventura and to see the young people go by and to know that they would not consider me for a moment in their generation or even in their mother's generation. I'm firmly in the grandma generation and that is a total shock to me.
So how we think about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves is greatly influenced from the past. And this includes our eating behaviors, right? In the past, I was totally scared of chips. I felt that if I had any chips in my house, I was gonna eat them like crazy. And my experience was exactly that. Any chips in the house, I'm going to eat them. That has been my experience. Now lately, and I'll talk about a little bit later on in my legalizing chips update, I've had plenty of potato chips in my house and I have eaten some of them, but I have not followed through with my past experience. I've had a new experience. So my experience with chips is how it is now, not how it was in my past. Even if in my past I had 1,000 experiences with potato chips in one way, today I'm having a different experience and I need to take time and let that soak in that my now experience is this thing. Just as I need to let it soak in that my now experience with bike riding with Mark and myself is the way it is today. It is just a waste of mental time and emotional energy to spend a lot of your time regretting how things were. Regretting that you don't have the body that you did when you were 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. In my case, I regret that I never had really a youthful figure. Not really. I can't look back on those days. I didn't really have a consistently good figure, maybe by societal standards, until I was... Oh, almost 30 and then I had one for about a year and then I had it again when I was 42 and I had that for a couple of years and then I've kind of hit it every once in a while. So it does me no good to regret that once upon a time I could pull on size 8 pants and close them up and walk around because even at size 8 I certainly didn't have any thigh gap or any nonsense like that. But I was able to fit in the airplane seat, and I was able to sit in the theater seats, and I was able to sit in any restaurant seat, and I do remember that convenience and joy of that. So I have to be honest, and I regret that a little bit. But that was my body of the past, and today I have the body of today. And something I've learned in my own intuitive eating journey is that the body of today is fine. I need to celebrate it because the body of today just got out of bed, took me on a bike ride perfectly well. My body is here breathing in this great salt air. My body is allowing me to view these wonderful birds in the marsh and to hear the wonderful sounds of the waves crashing. My body is allowing me to speak to you at this moment with limited speech impediment and I hope <laughs> limited mental impairment. So my body of today is actually a wonderful, marvelous thing that's serving me well and showing me miracles in every way possible. Who am I to spend a moment regretting that it isn't the size that society wishes it was? Who am I to wish that I had the body of the past? And really, do I need to spend any time wishing for the body of the future? Even though that might be a different topic for a different day. The body of the here and now is a marvelous, wonderful thing. The heart that I have in the here and now is a wonderful, marvelous thing. I realize that I really am learning every day to appreciate people for who they are and not for who I wish they were. And that's big, Brave Companions, because since I had such 
self-imposed or other imposed misery for a great deal of my life and I had a lot of fear of people and their reactions, it's a big, big deal for me to instead expect the best from people to appreciate them, to not think that they're trying to get me at every turn, not to bully me, not to think ill of me, but instead to think well of me. This is new for me. It's been very new since I started this show. It's been new since I've taken a risk and let everybody know who I am. I do it to you and I do it in my normal life as well. No, I don't go up to strangers on the street and spill my guts to them. But when people actually ask my opinion, I tell them if it's appropriate or I just don't say anything. I don't cover up who I am anymore. And you know, some people don't like who I am and that does not make me special. Every single human being on the face of the earth are going to find people who love them just as they are, who think they're the greatest thing ever. And you're gonna find people who don't click with them. That's because we have all different personalities, all different life experiences, all different expectations, and you're not going to please everybody. <laughs> it's impossible. And if you try to please everybody, like in the earlier shows, it means you're turning yourself into a pretzel and you have a full wardrobe of masks to slap on yourself. And you can turn this way and that way, agree with this, agree with that, until finally you no longer know what you feel yourself you no longer feel, know what you think for yourself, and the people who know you don't really know you. They know the part of you that you are presenting to the world. So today, brave companions, what I'm going to let go of is my assumptions of the past. I'm going to let go of that past. I'm going to remember that past fondly, like looking through a photograph album and saying, oh, that was fun, this was cool. I'm going to remember the people that I've met along the way, and if they're still living, I'm going to send them loving thoughts. And even if they're not living, I'm going to send them loving thoughts and gratitude that they were a part of my life. And that includes each and every one of you, brave companions. I have endless gratitude that you are in my life. Now that I have woo, let go of my past lives, I just have one announcement, then a big, big thank you. The announcement is that next week here in America, we celebrate Thanksgiving. In the U.S., it's a holiday to celebrate our roots with a great big turkey feast and for many, a chance to gorge on American football games on TV. But it's also a time when we with our family stop to consider our blessings and to give thanks for them. And I'd love to share some of your blessings or feelings of gratitude on the show that comes near Thanksgiving. So please, 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 please call the Bravery Hotline at 206-350-6445. Again, 206-350-6445. Or send me an audio file to lori at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com or use SpeakPipe or any other way that you can use to lend your voice to the show. It doesn't have to be long. For example, I might call the Bravery Hotline and say, I'm grateful for my cat Tiger who snuggles up for me when I feel blue. Or I'm grateful for all of the sunny days I get to enjoy in California. Or I'm grateful my hubby is truly my best friend. Anything that you're grateful for, big or small, that you feel a sense of thanks for, I'd love to hear. And I also think it's a great technique to focus every day on at least one positive in our lives.
Now time for thank yous. A big smooch and hug thanks to Maria from a Spanish-speaking country who took the time to post a five-star review on her country's iTunes. Smooch is the American slang for kiss, Maria. And since my show is in English, I'm not surprised that yours is the very first review or rating in your country. It means much to me, and perhaps if someone from your country finds Compulsive Overeating Diary, they may read what you said and decide to give it a try. BCs, if you have an iTunes account and you like the show, I would so appreciate it if you would give it a rating or a review. It makes such a difference in where the show appears in search rankings and how many new Brave Companions find us. Last episode on day 88, which was 100% bonus, after sharing my whopping big disclaimer that this isn't for everybody and that BCs with food triggers should not listen, I went on to describe how I legalize foods, and in this case, my nemesis food, potato chips. I felt a bit hesitant about sharing this process because it is very different from the repent, restrict, binge process that I've lived my entire life. And I thought it might alienate some brave companions, which it actually did, and also that it might trigger some brave companions to try this as a technique before they were ready. Now this I don't know one way or another. Anyway, I don't mean that condescendingly either. Even with the support of a therapist and my commitment and understanding of what may happen to my body and my weight while working through my binge issues with intuitive eating, it is still scary for me. And it is not, 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 not a quick fix if you haven't done or are not actively doing the emotional work to support it. And now, if it's such a great thing, why might you not be doing this emotional work? Number one. You might not have deep emotional reasons for overeating. It's true, only about 25% of people with emotional overeating have really deep reasons for it. A lot of people just kind of get into a habit of emotional eating. And if that's you, you might not need to do this deep emotional work. Number two, you might not be ready to face the pain of dealing with deep emotional reasons for overeating. Even if you fall in that 25% of people that have deep underlying emotional issues that cause your emotional overeating things, it's a pain to deal with it. It doesn't feel good. It's hard. That's why I really recommend you find a great therapist to help you as well as to post or email or call the Bravery Hotline and get some support here at Compulsive Overeating Diary. Number three, even if you have emotional issues, it might be a better fit for you to control your issues primarily from an external point of view, diet slash weight slash counting calories expended, etc. Not that this means you cannot also address emotional issues to support your progress. It just means that your external way is the primary path you're choosing. And in that world, having tons of any trigger food would not be compatible and probably place an unnecessary burden on your progress. But even though I knew that my way was no longer a main highway on the compulsive overeating road, I decided to stay true to my show's premise, which is to share with you all what's real for me. So here's a chip update. I've now been legalizing potato chips for over 10 days. I've bought replacement chips once. I've probably eaten in total a bag and a half. I think altogether I've maybe had eight servings, maybe 10 servings of potato chips. So I'm averaging just one serving a day. Whoa, that's crazy. 
But I have to say that that means like the first day I was legalizing chips, I think I had like five servings because I think all I had that day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks was servings of chips. And then I've had some days where I had like a, a serving and a half or one serving or no servings depending on how the day goes. But I really haven't eaten as many potato chips as I was expecting to, given that I have this bonanza of bags of chips in my cupboard. I really thought, man, I'm going to eat every one of these chips like within the first two days, and I'm going to be sorry. Well, so far, that hasn't been true. Doesn't mean it might not be true, but right now, the chips are kind of falling back in my mind of what I want to eat. I just not caring about them. I still like them and they still are a trigger for me in times of stress. Those chips sound darn good, but they just aren't as scary as I thought. And as to pant sizes, on this trip here to Ventura, I'm still wearing my skinny for me 18W jeans, which were a little bit snug and now they fit absolutely comfortably. So despite my chips, I have not put on weight. And despite my eating and drinking whatever I want here in Ventura, my pants still zipped up this morning, so, so far, so good. So I'm pretty happy that I'm still progressing on this path, not worried about what I'm going to eat, not worried about where we stop to eat, not worried because I'm doing pretty well still at figuring out what sounds good to me, am I hungry, what do I want to eat, and kind of stopping it. So. Even though, you know, it's scary and lonely and weird because it's definitely harder to explain to people, like, you don't need to worry about food. I'm really surprised how many people are, like, trying to hide food from me. They see me coming and go, oh, oh, I don't mean to put candy in your path or things like this because they see that I'm bigger than they are and they assume I must be on a diet. And I say, no, it's perfectly fine. So then they thrust the food at me, assuming, well, I must be in a binge mode. I want to eat candy every time I see it or donuts or whatever it is they have. And I say, well, you know, thank you very much, but I'm really not hungry at the moment. They just look at me like I've grown antennas off of my head or something. And then it's just very uncomfortable. They give me these odd looks. It definitely is a lot easier in the social shorthand to either be on a diet or say, oh, I'm off my diet, but I'll go back on my diet on Monday. It's really different to have this experience. But back to the episode. Even though I feared what you brave companions might say, here are a couple of comments that made the risk absolutely worth it. First up, Maria from a Spanish-speaking country who I thank today for her five-star review on iTunes and who we met for the first time when I read her email on day 79, goes on the bravery report for being brave enough to post her very first public comment on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. This is what Maria has to say on day 88. I love the idea of legalizing the chips. I think it is wonderful and hope one day I can do the same baby steps. I am only at the beginning. And then she sends me a kiss. Brava, Maria. Bueno. I'm so proud of you for coming on the Bravery Report and posting to us publicly. So Brave Companions, do me a favor and go over today, 88, and post back to Maria and say well done for being brave. Then I was very touched and happy when Fiona, who has been so key in encouraging me to learn to sing, stepped up with this comment. Thank you, thank you, thank you for bonus episode 88. 
Hearing you open up about your feelings at the beginning helped me realize I am not alone in my feelings of insecurity and self-doubt. Your description of how you go about legalizing foods was so helpful. I am really struggling with intuitive eating. The other day, I stepped on the scale and lo and behold, I gained 10 pounds since I gave up dieting. That just about ruined the next couple of days for me. I had so many negative, see what you did type of thoughts. I really was in a panic, wondering how in the heck I was going to do this. Should I ditch the carbs again, etc. But after listening to this episode, I know intuitive eating is right for me. I just need to take it slow and do the work. And here's my reply. Hugs, Fiona. I do know how frustrating learning intuitive eating can be. It is so easy to fall into the, quote, I'm not on my diet, wahoo, mindset, unquote, and go to town filling all of our emotional and food trigger deprivation needs as we are used to doing. Then out comes the negative boss voice to give us what for. It truly is a long game for me, and I'm very grateful for the progress. Sending you positive vibes as you continue to explore your path. XOXOXOXOXO. P.S. Thanks for commenting because my critical brain was really yelling today that day 88 was the stupidest thing to record ever and I had obviously hammered the very last nail in the BCs relating to a single thing I have to say, Kaufman. I guess it's good I'm still in therapy and like many of us, my self-loving esteem could use some more tweaking. Fiona also has an excellent blog called Fiona Sings, where she posted a truthful, heartfelt article about her own struggles with the intuitive eating process. Thanks for the shout out in your blog, Fiona. I'll post the link on today's show notes. So please, BCs, stop by Fiona's blog to read what she has to share and to support her if you can with your comments. Cheryl also added her excellent take on the chips. So I'll leave the link so you can read Cheryl's and other comments on day 88 and leave your own ideas about legalizing trigger foods. I was also very happily surprised when Leora Fulvio stopped by to thank me for featuring her 10 online resources for binge eaters as the day 88 resource of the day. Leora is a well-known eating disorders therapist and she says, Hi Lori, thank you for the mention. Congratulations on day 88. How wonderful and how awesome for you to legalize that challenging food. I love what you're doing here. Well, thanks, Leora. I so appreciate you taking the time to stop by and to say something. I think that is really awesome. Now, see, brave companions, I've always said that every blogger likes it when you mention them in a comment, even someone as well known as eating disorder specialist Leora <laughs> is happy to see that we're posting a link to her blog on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. And it made me thrilled that she stopped by. So give a little love in your world today. Find a blogger, even not me. Just go find some blogger somewhere or podcaster. And if you like their show or you like their blog, give them a little comment love because it absolutely means the world. Well, I don't want to put off for another minute Rachel's question about procrastination. On day 87, I asked you to share with Rachel any of your thoughts on procrastination or on time changes as she requested by posting to us on day 64. And here are a couple of your comments. Stephanie from Quebec says, Rachel, you and I have the same love-hate relationship to the chores list. Some days I literally look at my dishes and feel immediate lassitude. I'll be doing dishes all my life. This repetitive task gets me down. 
Some days I feel zen about dishes. As I make the dishes, I let my thoughts wander and feel in some meditative state. Some days I am energetic and just tackle the task easily without attaching any feeling to it at all. I just get it done. So the point I'm trying to make here is about acknowledging your feelings and accepting them. I think it's all about accepting that our feelings toward the list and the chores and life in general in a non-judgmental way. When you wrote your post, you were in that mood, and that's perfectly fine. All feelings pass, come and go. Easier said than done. Believe me, I know. It's an ongoing struggle for me, too. Laughing out loud. Sue from the UK says, Greetings, Rachel. As a fellow Brit, I know what you mean about the clocks changing. It seems to be taking ages for my body clock to adjust, and I feel it is much later than it is. I dislike housework too, and I find it hard to get motivated, especially when the rewards of all the work are very temporary. I have more incentive now as I suffer from asthma and so start coughing when it's too dusty. The perfectionism slash procrastination link is very strong. Well, how about you, Brave Companions? Do you have thoughts about procrastination you'd like to share with Rachel and other Brave Companions? Either call the Bravery Hotline or post directly to Rachel on Day 64 or leave your comments on today's show notes, Day 89. Now, I said at the beginning that Rachel is working her way through the shows, and Rachel is kind enough that she usually stops along the path to comment. And I really appreciate this, Rachel. Even though you know that the show you're listening to happened in the past, you still are taking the time to add to our discussion. And other Brave Companions out there who may be also listening through the show, it's absolutely appreciated, and I love it, when you post on those older shows. Because as you can see, it brings topics into the future from the past, and it is evergreen. It is great always to have a discussion about those ideas, and we love to hear your takes on them. Another post I wanted to share of Rachel's is her reaction to day 71. That was the day where I asked you to refrain from giving me unasked for advice, and where I ask myself to resist my tendency to hand it out too. I'm kind of a misfix-it, and I discovered that being fixed when you didn't ask for being fixed can be pretty painful. Anyway, here's Rachel's thoughtful comment. Hi there, Lori. Still catching up, but enjoying every minute. You have helped me through the chores today, so I sailed through them without any fuss, even hanging out the washing at the top of the garden. Congratulations on your brave report today. Something that came up for me, and you mustn't take any responsibility for this, is that I felt really bad. I couldn't remember if I'd given you any previous advice and felt that I might have offended you in some way. Now, this is my BS, and it made me realize how often I take flack for things I probably didn't even do in the first place. How interesting and a real eye-opener. Thank you so much for sharing, as without your honesty, I may never have found out about my behavior patterns. I work as a health professional, and you mentioned caregivers as used to giving advice. I know I don't do this as I work with people who have breathing difficulties and still smoke. They're intelligent to know it's not good for them, but they have to do it in their own time and when they are ready. Who am I to tell them what to do? We all have the right to make an unwise decision. I love your honesty, Lori, and my approach is that we can always learn from other people's experiences. It is our choice to take what is important to us and disregard the rest. We can be our own guru. Thanks again. You know, Rachel, I really liked what you had to say about 
being able to listen to what people say and to take what benefits you and to leave the rest. And I do agree with that. But I myself have kind of an issue because I have had so many people, especially since I've begun intuitive eating, come up to me for my benefit and to give me advice about dieting again. <laughs> or fitness, or what food is really unhealthy, or what I should not be eating. And as we talked about with the chips, part of my emotional process, what I'm going through with my therapy, and again, I'll say again and again and again, this is for me, Lori, not for you, for me. It's just, it's very wearying for me to hear again and again and again about what food I should eat or what food I should not eat, or that it would be better for me to follow this program, or I should have these shakes or these supplements or I should have this workout or you know it's just really tiring and after a while it just felt more proactive to say hey you guys could you stop rather than just shaking my head and saying yeah I've heard this but I'm not going to take it yes I've heard this thanks for that input I'm not going to take it but you're absolutely right if somebody in a well-meaning way posts to me or emails me or in my real life says to me hey Lori this is great for me and maybe you should try it too I say thanks for sharing that information and I just move on and for the most part I don't even tell them what I'm doing anymore because it just tends to get into a really long conversation unless someone actually says well I've been doing this and I'm wondering you know is there anything else that I might try or, or what's new with you for real I really want to know you know somehow you just kind of have to discern those social cues of do does this person I'm speaking with or I'm posting to really want this information is this really a sharing of ideas or am I trying to quote fix them for their own good because just like with the smokers that Rachel's talking about in her profession, you can't fix somebody for their own good. Unless that person is actually coming to you sincerely and saying, I need your help, or I want your input, or I want your advice, it just comes across as, you don't like me as I am, and you think that I'm just not mature enough to know what's right for me, and you're not respecting my boundaries. That's how it comes across when we try to fix somebody who doesn't want fixing. <laughs> you know? Or even if they do want fixing, if it's not their time to be fixed and they haven't decided to be fixed, then it just comes across, at least from my point of view, as just pushy and not helpful. And it's really hard to see the lovingness under those gestures, which I know that's where it usually comes from. I am so guilty of doing that. I tried to fix all my friends, all my relatives. Poor Mark has been fixed by me from the end of all time. And I got to tell you honestly, since I've really tried hard to stop fixing Mark, our relationship has approved about 1000%. So one of the things I was leaving in the past was my tendency to try to fix my poor husband or my family or my friends or anybody else, including you. <laughs> so. Though I still have that tendency, so if I ever butt in and try to fix you, then please do like Rachel said and just take what I say that works and leave all the rest. And I'm sorry if I ever do that. And I'm fine with you calling me out on it. <laughs> but I don't want you brave companions to worry that what you're saying to me is the one that causes me to say these things. 
Every week I create the shows about what's on my mind, and it's pretty darn rare that any one brave companion says one thing that causes me to make a show. It's usually a trend or a group of things, or a brave companion says something that also reflects something that's been going on in my life. Or literally, when I'm sitting here listening to Josh, I'm letting go, I think, man, that's a good topic. And I either talk about it right then, or I write it down in my little book to be talked about in future. So you guys aren't responsible 100% for anything that I say. In fact, you're not even responsible for 90% of what I say. You're maybe responsible for 1% of what I say. And usually that's because you've been kind enough to give me permission or to post publicly on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. Speaking of feelings, I want to wrap up today with some of my feelings that I wrote about on my latest blog post. And again, if you'd like to be notified by email when blog posts and episodes are released, go to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and enter your email address where it says, strangely enough, quote, subscribe to post via email, unquote. Anyway, the blog post in question is called Kinky Boots Kick Away My Body Image Assumptions. I wrote it after Mark and I saw the wonderful musical Kinky Boots in Hollywood at the historic Pantages Theater. And I was glad to go because, to be honest, the last few weeks have been a test by fire lately. And I was glad to get out of my head and into an adventure. The start of that post shares my sadness that the last couple of Compulsive Overeating Diary episodes have resulted in the loss of some BCs. People have been unfriending me on social media, unsubscribing from the episode notifications, emailing me or letting me know that from the last couple of episodes that my way is not their way, and so they're taking the highway, right? <laughs> and that made me pretty sad. And, but I also get off the pity pot and share my renewed strength and awareness of diversity in all of its forms from seeing this show, especially body diversity and the rainbow that is the human condition. So while this blog post begins sadly, it ends hopefully, and I think in an accepting way. Even so, I want to really, really thank the BCs who stepped up to let me know that they are still listening, still value the show and the blog, even if they are not following the same eating path as me. Diane the Champion, Donnie, my longtime friend Cheryl, and Stephanie from Quebec, whose post sums up all of this kindness. Stephanie from Quebec says... Dear Lori, we are not following the same path as true. I am back in diet mode. I am counting calories. I am weighing myself. I am quantifying, and you are not. So, why am I still listening? Because you make me think, and you are thought-provoking. Because you voice your thoughts so well. Because you are brave and inspire me. Because our feelings are so similar. Because I like to feel connected to your story and to others because your journey is filled with adventures, joys, obstacles, and you being so human makes me feel so much more human and normal too. I listen because you are truthful and authentic. You see, your truth is not pushing people away. It's keeping us in. Your intuitive eating journey is not a problem to listen to, even for dieters. Your intuitive eating journey is great food for thought. Now for the last part, about the growth of the podcast, all I have for you is a metaphoric question. Would you rather run the small and friendly coffee shop at the corner of your neighborhood, or would you rather own and run four or five well-renowned popular Starbucks coffee shops? Love, XXX.
Well, Stephanie, if I'm going to be absolutely honest, I would like to have four or five renowned Starbucks where everybody knows each other's names and they keep bringing in more and more people to talk in a nice, friendly manner. I want all of my renowned Starbucks to be welcoming and great. But I get your point, and I tell you, even if I just have you core brave companions who are writing your comments and thoughts to me, as long as I still have people talking to me and someone to reflect my thoughts off of and to get new thoughts in my head, because having these outside opinions really help me a lot. Just sitting here on these podcast rocks, even though I have a talent for talking and talking and talking and talking all to my lonesome, just isn't the same as when I hear back from you. So brave companions, if you are still out there listening, thank you. And I value you no matter which path you are choosing to deal with your eating and food issues. I'm always happy to hear from you. And I promise no more unasked for advice from me, or at least I'll try not to. I support you for you, whatever you decide. Because isn't that the point for us all? To live our life free from fear of being ourselves, to speak our truths bravely, and to respect one another. So until next time, brave companions, take care, because I really, really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. Ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. There I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone, it won't be home.